sir. Ah. Manscaped. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? You Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. What, what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so pay- Manscaped there, is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this. But if you're going to oh, go do I a deed on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald mm. then i i start where, where is that pedophilia line that i'm that i'm i don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that that's very interesting like that. i never thought about wow. that. you're a smart dude Holy shit. so if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly you're cool with that if the landing strip is has like i said well manicured yeah, you yeah. can see both sides it's not like blinking lights on both sides of that landing? i just don't i don't want <laughs> you know i don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. Unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, look but what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older I get though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, <laughs> I as, found as, it. Have, I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is retro? Absolutely. Retro? You're like whoa. Wow. Yeah, like I'm 46. Like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, tr- I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> courage. He's through. a trooper. <laughs> yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, Not all. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I, I, there listen, you go. I couldn't. I Super couldn't Bush. say. I couldn't say. Well, if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely, the weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to like you know go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like seventies adult films. If that's what you're getting, at. yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break and anyway. be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a drop kick second. A drop kick. I'm Rosa Mendez, and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty Ferro. I have the best time ever. Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Ferro, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man, we need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and and join the team as a Monty and the Pharaoh member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? (laughs) I don't know, man. 
I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they can tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. Uh, but that's, you know what? That's why you're, you're the star of the show, because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day and he goes, man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, there you go, Farrell. You got to be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content Nice. none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, or, right, our own page, yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of... Tommy Rich, I want a picture or whatever. And boy, that's on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. And you need to rock too. Join. Another episode. Episode two of Mantar's Memoirs. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good, brother. Ooh. How you doing, everybody out there in podcast land? It's a great day here in Southwest Florida. And we are coming to you live and in charge from the Mantar's Studios. <laughs> Mantar Studios, nice. <laughs> hey, it's you got a good. you got a big you got a big uh, trip coming up today, huh? Yeah, man, we're going uh, to Maine for a couple weeks, man. So I'm really excited. We're going to see Niagara Falls and Maine, and might even come by and see you in New York and catch up, catch the Statue of Liberty. So really looking forward to that, man. It's going to be a great uh, couple weeks. I hope. Uh, Hope the upcoming two weeks is better than the last two weeks, man. Because the last two weeks have been just pure fucking hell. <laughs> well, you got good weather coming up there, so uh, I hope you enjoy, and I wish you guys safe travels. So, yeah, Mike, it's, it's big be time great. in sports. Got a lot running down. What are you thinking, buddy? Yeah, you know, um, let's start out with a little NHL. You know, um, Stanley Cup playoffs are are going on right at this moment. And um, the Las Vegas Knights are up three games to one over the Dallas Stars. And in my opinion, Las Vegas has pretty much dominated the whole series. They look like the best team uh, from start to finish. Uh, the first two games they set a record, they scored the most goals and two games in Stanley Cup history, they scored 12 goals in the first two games. So their offense is on fire, and um, their goalie is playing unconscious right now, man. He really looks good. And um, I think uh, game five is tomorrow night, actually, in Las Vegas. So look for Las Vegas to um, Finish that series out tomorrow with the strong uh, game five and to close out for another Stanley Cup championship. You know, Vegas just won the championship here a couple years ago, I think, um, in their inaugural season, I think. And so this would be championship two for them for such a young franchise, which I think is really pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to a nice game five. And on the NBA Finals, you got the Denver Nuggets against the Miami Heat. And the Nuggets have dominated that series in game in, in the series. And uh they've really they've really took in, taken care of uh Miami. They've made chopped liver out of Miami actually. Uh 
Miami only had one good game, and uh, that was game two. And besides that, they haven't done anything. Now the series goes back to Denver for game five. And the Denver Nuggets look to uh, to close that series out. I'll tell you what, this is the – I've really been paying attention to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic for our Denver Nuggets in these uh, playoffs. And I'll tell you what, this one-two fucking punch is – probably the best in the NBA. No, no doubt about it, man. These two are clicking on all cylinders. This Nikola Jokic, man, this fucking guy is a machine, man. He, uh, he got another triple double of the, uh, playoffs. I think it's like his third already of the playoffs, second of the finals. Um, this guy is playing lights out. He is unstoppable. And there's no doubt about it that him and Jamal Murray are definitely the two leaders of the Denver Nuggets team. Um, Their coach has really uh, brought them a long way, and um, they're no longer cellar dwellers. They are championship contenders, ladies and gentlemen. They are 48 minutes away from winning an NBA championship, so... I pretty much think that they have it locked up the way they've looked. Game five is tonight in Denver. And I don't think Miami has a chance. Um, You know, and then you got the College Road Series going on. You know, they just, uh, they have six of the final eight teams in the College Road Series already um in the books and you know i'm a huge college world series fan because as you know the college world series is based in omaha nebraska and that is where i was born and raised and this is the first year in like 25 years that i mean first time forever in college world series that i haven't been in omaha but the first time in 25 years that i haven't actually gone to any games so a little disappointing. I love college basketball. I mean, college baseball, excuse me. And the College World Series in Omaha is one huge spectacle. Um, they built a nice new uh, stadium in Nebraska a few years back. Um, the Carl Schwab Arena, I think it's called. And um, they packed that fucker every day for these College World Series games. And Omaha's a great host. They definitely roll out the red carpet. And I tell you, a team that's coming back this year. Excuse me. It's a little bit early here in Southwest Florida, as you can tell. Um, There's a a team, Wake Forest, who uh, is going to be the number one seed this year in the College Rose Series, and they got the best one-two pitcher punch in the NCAAs. They have the highest scoring offense. I mean, this team beat Alabama yesterday to secure their spot in the College Rose Series 22-5. to I mean, they fucking obliterated Alabama, and the game wasn't even close. Um, a team that's coming back to Omaha for the first time in a long time which is one of Omaha's favorite teams to support 
is the LSU Tigers. And um, I watched LSU close out their game last night, and they look pretty impressive too. You know, um, there's two there's two uh, games, four teams that are left to be decided who gets the last two spots, I should say, and um, that is uh, Tennessee and uh, Southern Miss. And Stanford and Texas in both series are tied at one apiece. They will conclude this afternoon and today's games and the winner take all. So either you win, you go to Omaha, and you're on the road to Omaha, or you lose. And it's like kissing your fucking sister. And you're going home with your tail between your legs. And nothing to fucking show for it except you made it to the final game before the College World Series. Boo, hoo, bah, humbug. Losing sucks. You know, I hate losing myself. You know, I always said that, you know, either you win or you fucking lose. And coming in second is like kissing your fucking sister. And I don't know about you all out there, but I fucking hate my sister. So, she is the last person on this planet that I want to kiss, that's for sure. Um, You know, so, there's a lot in sports going on. Rory McIlroy just choked up the RBC Canadian Open uh, yesterday. He was at the the top of the leaderboard after three rounds. And then he just went to shit. And the guy, Nick Taylor... One RBC Canadian, which he is a local Canadian. So imagine that fans were in a frenzy when they had to go through four playoff holes for him to win the title. And it's the first time the Canadian has won in the last 60 years. So way to go, Canada. Way to represent, buddy. Nick Taylor, congratulations on winning the 2023 RBC Canadian Open, man. Kudos to you, buddy. And, um, In polo, fuck polo. I don't know nothing about polo. I don't even know what polo is about. I think they carry sticks and maybe a glove, maybe. I don't know, but polo is absolutely fucking boring. So we're not going to talk about no polo today. Um, But, yeah, so those are the quick updates in in sports right now, you know. A lot going on. It's a great time of year if you're a sports fan. And, uh, yeah, man, life is great in the world of sports. Mike, uh, yeah, I could tell you, you know, obviously you're a big sports guy, as many of us are. But uh, do you bet on sports? Um, yeah, I do sometimes, yeah. Um, All right, so do me a favor. Explain to the fans out there. Um, look, back in the day, before you had legalized sports betting, you'd go to a bookie, you'd place some money down, and, you know, there were odds or whatever else, right? It usually was, you know, you bet $100, you win, you win back your 100 plus the 100 and they give you cash, and you move on. Explain the sports sites, how they work, and explain what are the games you should bet and what you shouldn't bet. Okay, so in sports, usually it's uh, each side is minus $1.10, which means you have to bet $11 to win 10 on either side. There is a point spread. One team could be favored by three. The other team could be favored by three. If you're favored by three, you have to win by four. 
to win. If you win by two, you lose. And if you win by three, exactly, you push, which means there is a no bet. Um, I find that betting on sports is the best casino bet out there because, of course, nine out of ten times you have to go to a casino and bet sports. And, you know, the uh, table games and the slot machines, the odds of winning there aren't very high at all. So I wouldn't suggest uh, playing them. I'd rather play sports. At least you have a 50% chance of winning. And you either pick the winner or you pick the loser. And in blackjack, let's say the winning percentage is maybe 12 13%. Slots is maybe 11 or 12%. So it's really, really low to win at the casino unless you're betting on sports. So I choose to bet on sports because those the odds are mostly in my favor. And now with the Internet and online stuff, there's a lot of different uh, casinos and stuff that have gone online, like the DraftKings, uh, MGM Grand, uh, Barstool Sports. I mean, shit, you can name name a ton of places that are open that actually take sports on bets. It takes bets on sports. Sports on bets. <laughs> takes bets on sports over, over the online system, over the internet. So you can sit on your couch, man, punch in a few numbers on your computer. You can bet what you want, and you win. They'll deposit a check in your bank account. And it's all good, you know. I remember back in the day before they really started to legalize gambling, you had to bet with an offshore account. So, which means you had to use a site in like the Philippines. And if you won, you could have the Philippines send you a check up to $10,000. And I say up to $10,000 because. $10,000 is the number that you could deposit in your bank without the IRS knowing about it. You know, because you put a lot of money in the bank, the IRS wants to know where the fuck you got that money. And so I used to, when I would win, I would have them pay me off at a check, anything less than $10,000. I would get the check in the mail, put it right in the bank. Pretty simple, but now I think things are a whole lot simpler now. I think they just can deposit the funds right into your account. And yeah, it's a a pretty easy process, but, um, you know, usually, like I said, in sports, there's always a point spread. You got to bet a certain amount to win a certain amount. And, you know, for example, if you want to put two teams together, well, you get two and a half times your money. You know, so if you bet a dollar, you'll win three fifty, and you'll win two fifty and get your dollar back. If you pick two teams, pick three teams, pay you like six to one. Four teams like ten to one. Five teams it's like twenty two to one. So the more teams that you pick together, and and when you pick a parlay, you might pick a five teamer, and if only four of your teams come in. You lose. You got to pick all five winners to win. So, you know, it's kind of like winning the lottery or hitting the lottery or betting the lottery. 
Um, you know, you have to, all the teams that you play, either you win them all and win your bet, or you lose one and you're fucked. Well, here's my question to you, and then I'll, I'll, I'll carry this on. You've got baseball, you got football, you got basketball, right? So baseball, I mean, football, right? There's a spread or you can bet the points. There's, there's numerous ways you could do it, but it's pretty, let's just use a basic football bet, right? The Giants are playing the Cowboys. The Giants are given three points. If the Giants win by three or more, I mean, four or more, you win the bet. If they lose, they don't cover the three, you lose the bet. <clears throat> but can you explain the difference? Because in baseball, it's a bit different, right? If, it's odds on the team, right? So if the Yankees are playing the Mariners and they're favored, it's like you have to bet a certain amount to win half that amount, correct? Okay, so it works. In, well, in baseball, there's two ways to bet on the game. And you can either bet the money line, which your team just has to win, or you can bet the spread. And where your team has to win by one and a half runs. So let's say you took the New York Yankees last night over the Boston Red Sox, and the Yankees were a minus two hundred dollar minus two hundred favorite, which means you have to bet two dollars to win one. So if you took the Yankees on the spread minus two hundred, you put up two hundred to win one hundred. And the Yankees might be minus one and a half runs on the run line, but they might only be minus a dollar twenty-five, which means you only have to put up hundred and twenty-five to win a hundred. So, but you also have to win by two runs. So either you can bet, make a bet to win by one, or you can make a bet to win by two. And if you pick the run line, which is minus one and a half, plus one and a half, then the payoffs are a lot better, a lot sweeter than they would be if you just bet the money line, for example. And, you know, speaking of the New York Yankees, they just dropped two out of three games over the weekend to the Boston Red Sox. And, uh, you know, the Yankees are up and down team this year. I think they're, they got a pretty good record over 500 by 10 or 12 games, but they're not the great New York Yankees. What we're used to. They're just the average New York Yankees. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's how you bet baseball. And like in college baseball, for example, you know, one team can definitely be way overmatched against another. Like yesterday, there was a line. LSU was minus three and a half runs against the team that they were playing. And what that means is you could bet LSU, bet $11 to win 10, but you have to win by four runs. That's the run line. And or... You could bet $500 to win $100 for LSU to win straight up just by one run. So there's a lot of different ways that 
you know, you can bet, of course, there's the over and under. And the over and under is if they give you a number, total points in the Giants game today would be 43. And that's the combined points of both teams of the final score. Excuse me. So you could pick over or under that uh, total. Um, there's just so many bets that you can make. And, you know, that's where people make the mistake of, you know, trying to get too clever with their money. As you know, some of these little rinky-dink bets, like the first to score and the first half line and all this stuff, looks pretty inviting. But those are the bets that Las Vegas wants you to make a bet on because those are what they consider sucker bets. And, you know, nobody likes to be a sucker. And um, they're just more extravagant bets. The odds are a little bit better. You know, you pick the guy to score the first touchdown of the game and to catch the first pass and team to win the coin flip. Like on the Super Bowl, when the Super Bowl comes, there's probably over 500 different bets that you can make on a Super Bowl. And there might be even more than that, to be honest with you. The Super Bowl, they put every line that you can think of. They will say, well, who's going to fart first when they get the first score? And you pick the team who's going to fart first. And either you pick the right team or you pick the wrong team. So those kind of bets are a crapshoot. You never really know what the fuck's going to happen. And so if you're a gambler, you want to stay away from those bets and either pick one of the teams or pick the over, pick the under, and stick with those bets. You're going to be safer making those two bets rather than picking some of them, you know, um, crazy fucking lines that they put out on the game, right? Who's going to score the first touchdown? Who's out this player going to rush for over 75 yards? This player make over 72 yards receiving. There's just so many different fucking angles out there. And, and they, they put them out there to put the gambling in their favor. And so, uh, that's what them, that's what them bets are for. Them bets are for This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Las Vegas to pad their pockets. So you just stay away from those uh, oddball type of bets. So talk talk to me about <coughs> capital gains, right? So, you know, back in the day, you bet 100, you win 100, you get your 200 back. But if you win, and like you said, you win big money, like $10,000, if you invest $10,000 and then you win twenty. You're paying capital gains on $30,000. Is that how it works? Well, I mean, when it comes to the federal government, uh, yeah. And a lot of professional gamblers, 
you know, that's their job. So, of course, they're paying taxes on the money that they win and money that they lose. Uh, but if you don't want the government to know that you won $10,000 playing poker, then just don't deposit $10,000 in your bank. Deposit $9,999 and the IRS is none the wiser. So, you know, if you want to keep it from the government on what you're making on the side gambling, just don't put any more money in the bank than 9900 at a time. That's pretty simple. Um, well, well, don't you have to pay, like, so if you win over 500 bucks, don't you have to pay taxes on that money? And isn't that recorded through the website? No, there's no, there, they don't take these uh, casinos. They do not take any form of taxes out whatsoever. No, I'm talking about betting online, right? So when you're betting online, uh, you know, don't you get, isn't that all recorded and you're paying capital gains on that? So explain, so this is my confusion. I risk $10,000. I lose, I lose $10,000. I risk $10,000. I win, I win $20,000, right? I'm paying capital gains on the $20,000 when I only actually won ten. Well, if you make a bet for ten thousand and you lose, and you make another, you make another bet for ten thousand and you win, then you're basically even because you won one bet for ten thousand, you won the, and you lost another bet for ten thousand. So really, you're probably a thousand dollars in the hole to be honest with you because you got to bet eleven thousand to win ten. Um, so when you lose, when you win the bet, you win ten thousand, and when you lose the bet, you lose eleven. So you're minus a thousand dollars, and only if you're, uh, like I said, a professional gambler, where you claim that money on your taxes as part of a way to bring in income, then those gamblers will not only record all the money that they win, but they would keep track of all the losing tickets that they didn't win to offset. The capital gains in the end. So let's say you won a hundred thousand dollars over the course of the year, and instead of having to claim that hundred thousand, and let's say you lost seventy thousand dollars in bets over the year, so you're only thirty thousand dollars ahead of the game. So you're only going to have to pay taxes on that thirty thousand if you choose to pay taxes. You know, a lot of a lot of gamblers. It's just on the side and they won't, uh, the government won't be none the wiser that they're gambling all their life savings away and getting lucky and winning or, you know, shooting snake eyes and losing. So, you know, it just depends on if you want to be up and up and above board and pay your taxes or if you want to be a shyster and not pay your taxes. But if you're a professional, you're not only are you collecting your winnings, but you're saving all your losing tickets so you can offset all the uh, winnings that you have so you don't have to pay so many taxes. So, you know, and they, and they got these players cards now at the casino where you swipe your card in the machine before you start playing. So the casino itself knows what you're winning and what you're losing. And so at the end of the year, like I said, if you file taxes, 
you just tell the casinos, listen, I need a win-loss statement. And they will print out for you exactly to the penny how much you've either won for the year or how much you've either lost for the year. And that's what you pay taxes on. All right. Well, let, let's get you on the record now, right? So this is this is a show that's purely dedicated to sports, and you're a sports guy. But you know, ever since I've known you, you've been not behind the eight ball, but we've been way into the season. So I couldn't really identify whether you knew what you were talking about or not, right? So, uh, <laughs> hey, so let's any, start. Let's, anybody, anybody can bullshit somebody for half the time. But can they bullshit the same person all the time? I don't well, know. Uh, well, here you go. So this is where it starts. So let's talk about baseball. Give me your predictions for the baseball season, where we're going to end up, and then I want your prediction for this upcoming NFL season, please. Wow. A couple things I've never really uh, thought about. You know, early season prediction for the Major League Baseball is probably going to have to be a local hometown team, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in baseball. They are the best team by far in baseball. And I think their pitching staff and bullpen are too good to compete with the other competition. So I would have to go with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays to win the... uh, World Series this year. They're definitely one of the best teams in the baseball. And um, you damn sure don't want to put your money on the Oakland Athletics. This team has only won 15 games out of like 70. They are the worst team in baseball. And some of these college teams can beat the Oakland Athletics. That's how bad they are. The Oakland Athletics are the laughing stock of baseball this year. So, you know, sometimes it pays to lose. You know, sometimes you can get some draft picks and you can win the lottery and get the number one pick. But me as an owner and as a player, I never want to be in that position, man. I never want to be the first guy that first team that picks the number one team because that means you're the worst fucking team from the year before. And that ain't no fun. But I like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in uh, baseball. What was your other question, Mike? Who are we? Uh, so you go with Tampa Bay. How about this oh, upcoming NFL. NFL season? Yes, sir. NFL. You know, um, that's going to be, you know, kind of tough. You know, I mean, preseason hasn't really started yet. And they just kind of started practicing. You know, I hope the... Miami Dolphins put on a good show this year. You know, they've always been my team since I've been a little kid. And um, I've always been a huge Dan Marino fan and Mark Duper and Mark Clayton. Um, so I like to hope the Miami Dolphins uh, do good. I know you're a fucking New York guy, so you're all about the fucking J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But they don't have Joe Namath anymore, buddy. So you're fucked. Because <laughs> the Jets, they 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 can't even beat themselves. Sometimes they're so fucking bad. So you know, <laughs> sucks to be a Jets fan, buddy. Every fucking 
every football season. I mean, if I was a sports fan and I was a Jets fan, I would have fucking probably killed myself a hundred times over by now. Because every season that comes, you say, oh my God, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. And then they start out 0-10 and you're like, fuck me. This is going to be the year I shoot myself again. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Okay. So you, you, so you still have to committed to who's going to win the Super Bowl. But after you do that, what are the teams to bet to make the most money on Major League Baseball? this year say i want to become a better what is the team but first give me your super bowl prediction wow super bowl prediction you know and i i can't actually believe that i'm gonna i'm gonna say this but these fuckers gotta break out sometime man this Dak prescott he's gotta show up or show out you know i'm gonna pick the dallas cowboys to win the super bowl this year and you know don't shoot the messenger I'm not a Cowboys fan at all. Them fuckers have cost me so much money over the course of the years. I fucking hate the Cowboys. But if you had to make an early summer prediction, why not take the Cowboys? It's better than taking the fucking Jets. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> It is. You kill him. You're killing me, Smalls. You kill him. It me is. Right now. It is what it is until it ain't no more, buddy. But man, I want to make some money. So, what teams do I bet in baseball, and why? Okay, so you know, pretty simple. Tampa Bay has the best record in baseball. I think they've might have only lost 15 games all year out of 70. So that means they've won 55 times out of 70. Whether they are minus 200 or whether they are minus $1.10, your money, if you bet on Tampa Bay, you're going to win eight and a half bets out of 10. And that's a pretty good ratio. Even though if you bet them on the money line and they're minus 200, okay, so what if you got to bet 2,000 to win 1,000? A winner is a winner. It doesn't matter fucking how you, how you do it. But all them winners add up. And so, you know, if you're a smart betting man and, you know, the season is not even pretty close to being halfway done, if you want to make some money on Major League Baseball, you need to bet on the Tampa Bay Devil Rays every single day of the week because you're going to win. Four out of five games. I mean, their record shows it. So, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. So, it's not like I'm going out on a limb and making some stretch. I mean, it just makes perfect sense that, you know, if you're going to win, you want to bet on the best team every day. If you want to lose, you bet on Oakland Athletics every day because you know that out of the first 70 games, you're going to lose 55 of those bets and only win 15. So if you're betting a thousand dollars a fucking game, that means you're down at least forty to fifty grand. If you bet on a thousand dollars every day, now, if you bet a thousand dollars every day on the Tampa Bay Devil Race, you win in fifty-five thousand and losing fifteen. That means you're plus forty thousand. So consider the money line. 
you're going to be $25,000, $30,000 ahead of the game. If you've been betting Tampa Bay every fucking game this year. So you want to bet the team that, that wins the most and wins the most consistently. I remember when the Yankees were hot. I would bet the fucking Yankees almost every single day and would cash a ticket because they would win eight out of 10 fucking games. Very rarely did they ever lose a series. So you're either going to win two out of three games or you're going to win three out of four games. And so when them scenarios happen on a regular basis, the odds are in your favor that you're going to be a consistent winner. So as long as you're betting on a winning team and they're winning a lot, then you know you're gonna you're gonna win money. You know, you wanna you wanna put your money where your mouth is and you know you wanna bet on the best teams in in the sport. And uh those are the best teams that you're gonna have a chance of winning money on consistently on a regular basis. Because you might be some one-off fan that says, yeah, it's a Super Bowl, and they only make one bet a year, and that's a Super Bowl. So it's fun and it's entertaining for them. But for the serious better, who's probably betting three-fourths of the fucking days in the year on some sport, Wins are important. It's all about the wins. It's about the number of W's that you have versus the number of L's that you have. You have more wins, you're going to win more money. If you lose more, if you're just an unlucky bastard, don't be fucking gambling. Because you're not going to start winning now. Hey, so, Mike, we were talking yesterday. I want to come and kind of get off sports for one second. Um, you've got a documentary out there. Uh, can you tell the fans a little bit about it and uh, what they're, they're possibly going to be looking forward to in the short future? So uh, me and my producer slash director have been filming a documentary um, about the last four or five years we've been filming, and it is finally finished. Finito, and we are ready for distribution. And so we are now shopping the Mighty Mantar around for distribution. And this documentary is about myself, yours truly. It's about my life from the time I was born until present day. It's about all my accomplishments. I talk about ups. I talk about downs. I talk about the life of being a professional athlete. I talk about all the pains and injuries that you go through. Um, I talk about CTE. I talk about my life on the road as a pro wrestler. Um, It's very exciting. It's a tearjerker, and it has a real human element to the story. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do in my life. Um, I never want to do something half-ass. 
I never want to come in second. But if I give 110% of me and I only come in second, well, I left it all on the table and let the chips fall where they may. And you can't win them all, of course. And so it's a real tearjerker. Brings me to tears a couple times watching it. Um, my mom's passed away now, so there's some scenes in there where my mom talks and, and she's looking great and healthy and that put a smile on my face. And then there's other times where we were in the middle of filming and I got that call said that they just rushed my mom to the hospital. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And didn't want to continue, but I did for the sake of the fans because it's important for the common folks out there to know what the life of a professional athlete is all about. And it's not all glitz and glamor. It's living out of a suitcase. It's getting up at five o'clock in the morning to catch that seven o'clock flight, wrestling in one town and going to the next town all day. And then you got family problems and you got issues and you know, you're not, you're on the road, so you're not home to take care of them issues that you have at home. And it just compounds those issues. And it's really tough, you know. Um, it takes a special kind of a human being to want to be a professional athlete. And you have to have a sense of drive in your inner bellies to be a pro athlete. You have to be passionate, you have to live, you have to eat, you have to drink, you have to sleep the sport that you're playing in because that's all you can think about. That's all you should be thinking about uh, because there's a thousand people lined up to take your spot and some fuckers just waiting for you to fumble the football so they can take your spot. You ain't taking my spot, motherfucker. The only way you're taking my spot is if I give you my spot and I ain't giving you my spot. You want my spot? Come and get it. Come beat me for it. Armano, Armano, bring it, bitch, because you're going to be on, need to be on top of your game to beat the Mighty Mantar. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the Mighty Mantar documentary is going to be coming out later on this summer. You know, you could see it on Tubi, you could see it on Peacock, you could see it on Netflix, you could see it on the big screen. I don't know, but you're going to see it somewhere. You know, and right after that, I'm starting uh, to write a book, and we're calling that The Mighty Mantar or Mantar's Memoirs. I haven't really decided yet. It's my choice. But the book writing process has begun. So we want to release a book with this uh, documentary. So I'm really looking forward to this book. Uh, this book is going to tell a lot of the stories that had to be left out in the documentary. So if you watch the documentary and you like it or you love it, you're definitely going to want to buy the book and read the book because the book is going to tell all the book is going to tell you when I took a shit. The book is going to tell you what I want to bet on Dallas Cowboys. The book is going to tell you everything. And 
no holds barred in this book, man. It's going to talk about a lot of subjects, like I said, that aren't in the documentary, that had to be cut out of the documentary because of time constraints. But the book is going to be way better than the documentary, in my opinion, because you know everything about my life from the time I was born and the time I was adopted to me sitting here in my living room doing this podcast with you, Mr. Michael Monty Jr. from the Monty and the Pharaoh show. You know, and... uh, so, so, yeah, may, so. I, may, I, may I ask, right, because there's a lot of fans out there, uh, adoption is a definitely a big deal for a lot of people. Um, first of all, how was adoption with you? And how about the stigma behind, I don't want to call it a stigma behind adoption, but um, is it fair to say that a lot of people who are adopted end up having uh, a lot of more emotional problems than non-adopted children? You know, that's what I've heard, you know, and I think that might all stem from, geez, I'm adopted. My parents must not have loved me enough or they didn't care about me or they didn't like me or they didn't want me. And nine out of 10 times, that's not the truth at all. The truth is, They might have been in a situation at that point in time in their life when they were pregnant with you that they really didn't have anything and they knew that they couldn't give you anything and they wanted to give you every chance in the world to succeed but couldn't, didn't have the means. So they wanted to give you to somebody who could possibly give you those opportunities or they could have been young They could have been single. (coughs) Could have been part of domestic violence where they got raped and got pregnant and just didn't want to deal with that. A lot, a lot of different scenarios go out there. You know, I know my mom was really young. I think she was 15 or 16 when she had me. And at that age, you're just not able, you're just a kid yourself, and you're not able to really provide for anybody else. And she was like, okay, well, let me give my child to two people who are going to love, adore, and cherish my baby. And to give this child what I can't. And so a lot of times, adoption is a blessing in disguise, and You know, that's the best fucking thing that ever happened to me. I mean, I might have a lot of mental issues, (laughs) but I assure you, none of them come from being adopted. You know, have you ever tried to find your birth parents? You know, at one time uh, I did with my partner, Paul, we tried to find out if we were brothers or not. Weren't really totally successful. Um, They said we weren't brothers, but. I don't know, it seems, you know, too many coincidences in small town Nebraska, even though we're three years apart. So a lot of ifs, ands, or buts there. But uh, I did check one time, uh, never really found anything out about my about my parents. Didn't really want to know, to be honest. I don't want to know if I'm going to die of cancer or diabetes or 
tumors or any fucking thing else. I don't want to know. I just want to die. But my mom, when she gave me up for adoption, she definitely gave me the best chance at being successful in life. Because I've had two of the greatest people on this planet that decided that they wanted a baby and they didn't care if it was a boy or a girl, black and white, orange or purple, hair or no hair. All they wanted was a child to love and to cherish and call their own. So I'm extremely blessed to be adopted by my mom and dad. They're the only parents I know. They're the only two people I ever will consider my parents. Yeah, I'm, an emotion, I'm emotional about it because I'm happy. Because, you know, my mom could have aborted me. I would have had no fucking chance at all. But she didn't. She gave me up to two people who weren't rich by any means. But they were better off than she was. And... My parents have made countless sacrifices that showed me that they loved me and how much they cared for me. And um, it's really heartwarming when you think about it. You know, two people welcoming a child that they didn't create, but they love just the same anyway. And they will do for you like they would do for their own. Why? Because you are their own. You are their child. They consider that. They don't consider you adopted. They consider you their child. My parents have never treated me like I'm adopted. They have never turned their back on me one time. They have been my biggest supporters in life. And I always will be eternally grateful and I think that that is one thing that I always wanted to do growing up because I wanted to pay it back but my situation never dictated that to where I was secure enough in my everyday life and my future that I could you know afford to adopt a child or you know Usually it takes two parents, and I've been a single guy for 15 years. So it's been kind of difficult, but I always wanted to adopt to just, just, to pay it, just to pay it back, to pay it forward, because I know how grateful I am for the adoption process. And I know that there's a hell of a lot more people out there just like me. And I also know that there's people out there that wish they were dead instead of adopted. They feel like they're a second-rate baby, and I don't know how you can feel that way, honestly. Because two people that didn't know you from Adam decided to hold you in their arms, to change your diapers, to feed you, to stay up with you at night when you were crying, you know, take you to the doctor when you broke your arm, you know, take you for ice cream. These are people who have dedicated their life and their future to you.
And if that's not something to be grateful for, I don't know what is. That's the that's the greatest form of passion that I could think of as adopting a child. Well, Mike, I appreciate the candidness and uh, yeah. yeah, man. Listen, it's uh, don't mean to bust you up this early in the morning, big guy. Listen, you know this should tell you how dedicated I am to make this podcast work. Because I don't get up at fucking six o'clock in the morning like you do. And um, I set my alarm for 530. I said, I'm getting this fucker done. And um, I'm strolling around. I got to tell you, I was pretty impressed, dude. So (laughs) if anyone doesn't know, I usually get up for four o'clock in the morning for work. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Mike. Real life gets involved, right? So we got the Monty and the Farrow show, and then I've got real life, and Mike's got real life. So sometimes there's uh, there's scheduling conflicts, right? So Mike's traveling. Get it in. Well, well, Mike's traveling this week, and the only window was, hey, I'm at work at 4. Call me when you get up. He set the alarm, and I'm like, yeah, he ain't calling. I'm not going (laughs) to. We're just going to have to bypass this week. But I was uh, was shocked. But good deal, man, because it was a great show. That's a great that big wonder, bear wonder, is not getting his ass out of bed, but that big bear got his ass out of bed because I'm really passionate about sharing my story and, and sharing my life experiences with all them fans out there. And, you know, and that's what it's all about is, is giving back because, you know, if I said it once, I've said it a million times, I would not be here without the, my fans. And we are just not here as performers. We're not out there doing it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. You know, well, look, I want to wish you great travels. Um, you want to send us on our way, absolutely. And you know what time it is out there, uh, podcast fans out there, you know, it's time for Mantar's Memoirs Motto of the Day, and that is, Are you ready? Because here it comes. Wait a minute, it's coming. Well, all right, if you say so, here it is. You only die once, but you live every day. So go out there, everybody. Live your life. Do what you want to do now, because tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. And when your ticket's up, your ticket's up. And me as being someone that's adopted, I cherish every day, and I'm grateful every day, because there is a chance that I would never be here. So go out there and live your life. Do what you want to do. Eat that fucking hot fudge sundae. Drink that chocolate malt. Buy them fucking roses for your wife. Go out and eat that fucking steak and eat that lobster. Live your life, folks. Be happy. Be safe. And whatever you do, make sure you're good at it.